0: Looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post. It's Sunday, January 16th. It's one day after... What is the Summer Carnival Grand Final Magic Millions Race Day? It didn't disappoint. It never disappoints. A day of wonderful racing, a lot of atmosphere, big crowd, big betting and big results. Nathan Exelby, I'm sure this is one thing that you will agree with me totally on. Absolutely. It's um, just a terrific day. There seemed to be a a fantastic vibe there yesterday.
1: The current situation certainly didn't deter people from going. It was a massive crowd and... um, you know, they, they got the result they wanted, in, certainly in the feature race.
0: Yeah, the, the, the mix is right. It's Gold Coast in the summer. And, and as you said, the crowd were, were full of spirits. Some probably a bit fuller than others. But uh, <laughs> it, it, turned out, it turned out a great day. And basically, I, I'd say, scanning the card after looking at the races yesterday, uh, no real surprises with the results.
1: No, and some of those races that looked hard, the punters sorted them out pretty well.
0: Exactly right. Well, we're going to go right through this meeting from top end to tail, and we'll start with the big one, the, the Star Gold Coast Magic Millions Classic. $2 million in prize money, and it had been a long build-up. Um, betting had started on this race a few months ago. Koolangatta was always the favourite, and finally the discussions were over. It was time to perform she went to the post at $1.95, here's the report. Around the bend, short of 400 left to run in the millions. Sneaky starter, tackled now by Miss Hellfire. And and Gatta given her cue, raced up on the outside and raced to the lead. Russian Conquest sending salad after it. Down below the 200 metres, and Gatter's in the lead. Can she hold on? There's only one danger. Russian Conquest, and Gatter in front. Russian Conquest charging. and Gatter just in front. and Gatter, she's the hottest girl on the Goldie. She beat Russian Conquest Stit fourth over the line, was a perfect. Uh, Cusack, then came at the head of the others, heroic son, Galdonati, sneaky starter. Well back was Mashadi Warfare, stupendo. Mashadi Spartan, soaring ambition. Mashadi Persuasion, fell well. A long way back in the field was towards the tail. Miss Hellfire pulling up quickly, and Cusack last, bar one. That's bright blue sky in 1904. So the result was achieved. Gatta, She remains unbeaten after winning the Group Three Jim Crack, the Group Three Bruce McLaughlin, and yesterday's Magic Millions, and she's now the Golden Slipper favourite. Written by James McDonald, trained by Kieran Maher and David Eustace. A host of owners, and one of those is joining us as our first guest this morning, Aussie Kier. Aussie, good morning. Good morning,
2: good morning
0: David and Nathan. How are you? Congratulations. It's like a shopping list. I think with you, you just keep ticking off these big races, and there's another one that's been ticked off yesterday.
2: Yeah, it might look like that, but yeah. Um no, we're we're having a good ride. A good bunch of owners enjoying it and I'm very happy and glad to be part of it all.
1: Ozzy, where were you able to watch the race from yesterday? Were you up here on the coast or what was your situation? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're on the track
2: um watching it upstairs, um with with all the gr- group of owners and um and some friends. Yeah, it was a great great day, great experience. So I've never had a runner. In the uh, in the Magic Millions race, so a two-year-old race, so it was, it was very exciting for us in the group.
0: Well, that's a, that leads me to my, to my next question, Ozzy. Uh, this is your first uh, runner in the race, and you've achieved the uh, the ultimate result. Uh, from a point of view, we're talking about carnivals, and we were just saying at the the top of the show that this carnival fits so well at the Gold Coast. You've been to all the big meetings around Australia. What were your imp- What are your impressions of the Magic Millions carnival?
2: Well. I've never been before and I won't miss one again. So I don't know if that's, <laughs> right, if that's the answer for you. So I know, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's just great. It, it seriously feels, it's, it's party, it's a party vibe. Yeah. It's a great atmosphere. It's people everywhere that's, you know, having a good time and um, spending money and and networking. And, it's you know, it's great. Like, to be honest, I'm feeling a little bit today, so I... <laughs> Um, but it's all it's all worth it. It's been great. It's a great carnival. It's been it's put on so
1: well by all the organisers and it's done so you know amazing. Well, we, we certainly appreciate your time this morning. Some of our other guests haven't been so easy to raise, so uh, so we do appreciate that. Um, I'm interested to know that the we've seen you win races like Cox Plate, Melbourne Cup, um, Caulfield Cup with with tried horses. Is it a different feeling with one you pick out as a yearling and you see progress from basically day one?
2: Oh, look to be honest i i i'm happy to just and, and it's it's wherever they win um and those that are in racing would appreciate i don't think it matters wherever they win what they win um the feeling you get is the same, probably the hangover's slightly different it's a bit bigger um but like we we all the horses whether they're two, whether they're two year olds whether it's a big cups, whether it's you know a maiden that you're looking forward to one that you' have picked out. Uh, they all have their own, um, you know, excitement. And, yeah, look, for me, it's just the enjoyment, not just of the racing, but just the ownership group that we've got and 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 the racing with all the mates and things like that, that really makes it for us. So, like, last night there was, I think we probably ended up being about 40 of us out for dinner. Um, and by the end of it, um, I don't know what time everyone finished up, but I think I was out of there by about four um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's just, that's the part I love the most about the whole
0: racing experience. And um, sh- yesterday's race gave us all of that and more. She's always had a, a <coughs> reputation. She earned that with that, that <coughs> arrogant win in the gym crack. The win in the McLaughlin here at Doom, it was a bit more tradesmanlike, but she still went into the race favourite yesterday. Whether you're watching the race at or me calling the race, there was one point there wasn't there in the straight... You knew she had to answer, you knew she had to dig deep when Russian Conquest made that spurt, but she did answer the challenge. Yeah, it was, it was probably about a two to three second nervous nervous,
2: um, well, pretty nervous at that point. I, like, I wasn't as confident, I was a bit worried um, at that point. But she, she did answer probably about 100. She actually kicked again. I spoke to James and said, like, she did go again. Like, when, when she sort of felt Russian come on, uh, coming, um, she, she kicked again.
3: So do you set
1: your sights now on the Golden Slipper? Is, it, is that will, will that be all the energy yeah. spent towards getting into that race?
2: Yeah, look, Kieran uh, and Dave have done a really good job because they've sort of tried to keep her up um, probably longer than she would like. She, she's a very busy filly. She was um, very worked up before the race, and it, like, there's not much of her. So, look, we, our main goal was to actually win that race yesterday, and, and then now we'll sort of... Give her probably two weeks. She probably needs a little bit more. We'll see how how she um, spells, but we'll give her two weeks, and then we'll, we'll sort of hopefully target a slipper. All, all going well with her.
0: Aussie, you you would know this more than, than than most because you're part of the operation. But I've just been watching the sales over the last few days and seeing that name, Kieran Mar Bloodstock, Kieran Mar, Kieran Mar. We've seen what Kieran and David have done in the past twelve months. So my way of thinking, as we look towards 2022, if we want to make some bold predictions, I think they are going to be just... They are already a powerful force in Australian racing, but I, I see them getting to a blockbusting stage this year, if last year's results are any indication.
2: Yeah, well, there's no question that they're having a good go at it um, and they're going to give it a nudge. But, yeah, look, they've got such a good operation. Um, you know, And a lot of those the good trainers or the bigger trainers do. They've just got some good infrastructure, good systems, good people. And with that sort of stuff, like anything in business, you've got to plough some big money into that, you know, that sort of infrastructure and systems early probably and not see the rewards like anything in business. And, mm. you know, you build a foundation, a platform, and, and hopefully the rewards come after that. And I think that's what they've done over the last few years. They've ploughed a lot of money into building the infrastructure, building a good team behind them, and their systems and their product, and, and they're extremely hard workers. You know, like, you, you, people that don't know Karen and Dave, you might look at them like Larry and sort of a bunch of guys, and, but I don't see many people workers. They are hard, hard workers. They are on all the time, day and night. And, yeah, oh, look, they're, they're guys that are going to probably see the fruits of all that hard work and investment um, in the years to come. And as you can see, uh, you know, over the last three, four days, they've, Secured a lot of horses, and you know, and that eventually will hopefully mean that they're going to have more runners and more winners, and and keep growing their their empire. So I wish them all the best. Anyone that sort of has a go like those guys doing anything in any business, um, you know, you wish them all the best, and you hope that they are successful, whether it's with us or any other lucky owners that get get to be involved in um, finding the right horse.
1: And, and equally, James McDonald, who you know, won that Melbourne Cup for you, he's, he's just the king of the mountain as well for, in, in his profession. Oh, yeah. What can we say about James? he has been very,
2: very kind to us over the last few few runs. And he's won, um, you know, he, he obviously won uh, the Melbourne Cup with very elegant and won for us yesterday and he stayed on us. So he's just... Look, oh, I've got no doubt um, he won us the race yesterday. She's a great filly, but... Um, you know, his first two, 300-metre put in that position, probably one of the race, and um, we're very grateful. And, um, you know, it's a level head. You know, he's drawn Barry at 10 and got into the best spot. Um, it's 200 metres after the start. So, yeah, he's, he's a gun jockey, and um, we're very appreciative of a very gun ride yesterday.
0: We appreciate your time this morning. Just before you go, though, one final question. <clears throat> we're looking sure. towards 2022. What's the horse that Ozzy Kerr is most excited about from his troop of horses?
2: Um, well, obviously, calling cool and gather, but I think everyone sort of knows her ability at the moment. So, But, look, I think we've got, it. We've got a really exciting one um, that's had one start, um, one up straight at Flemington, a capitalist filly called Letizia. Um, she's had one start and one well. Um, she's one that we sort of think... We've got high opinions of her, and we think she could be... Uh, very good. So, you know, as long as she keeps progressing and improving, hopefully we get her towards a, a blue diamond, but that's one to have a look out for and, um, you know, see how we go.
0: Thanks for this morning. Really do appreciate it. And congratulations to you and the team on yesterday. As you said, it's a team effort. You've, you've expressed that very, very well this morning. And <clears throat> it's continued nah, good success.
2: Absolutely. There's nothing, no, no individuals in our group. or And I just think success really comes with good teamwork, good team effort, and I think that's exactly what it's been all the way through. So I'm just part of that cog, so I'm very happy to be part of that
0: team. Good on you, mate. There is he is, one of the owners of Gatter, our first guest this morning here on Past the Post. Nathan, Gatter, I think, is now $4 favourite for the Golden Slipper. There would always be that reaction after yesterday, understandably so. She's, she's three from three. Where does she sit with you, Kulangata? Uh maybe comparing... The top line two-year-olds at this point of the the year over the last few years.
1: Uh, I, I would expect others to come along and sort of go ahead of her in the pecking order now. And I still think possibly the Jim Crack was the the best win to this point, and that was the thousand meters. Um, the second horse has obviously come on in leaps and bounds. David Russian Conquest, and <clears throat> very little between them there yesterday, and I think. There was a quote attributed to Paul Snowden saying that they believe she's a genuine golden slipper contestant now. So if that's if that's the case, then Cool and does have to go into that bracket as well. And they did give the others a caning, so they were certainly in a league of their own that pair of fillies yesterday. But. Um, I wouldn't say that she's in a you know, dominant position now going to a Golden Slip, but compared to some of the other horses we've seen win Magic Millions, like Capitalist, the most recent one, to do the double, yeah, he was totally dominant, wasn't he? So um, I think a bit to play out yet, David.
0: I think, yeah, I, th- I threw that question out. It's probably a bit foolhardy as well, trying to judge these races in their immediate running because sometimes, mm. as you know, we'll look back five or six months down the track and say, that was a good form race, wasn't it? You know, blah 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 mm. blah blah. blah. And sometimes it's not, but but you're entitled to have an initial reaction, and I tend to agree with you, pretty full on there. That uh, I think Cullen Gadda's a good filly, but I don't think she's, you know, way ahead from what we've seen no. so 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 far. Yeah, no. um as uh, as Aussie uh, was telling us in the Blue Diamond, thirteen dollars and four dollars currently. Uh, Russian conquest good in second, but as you said, they beat the others pretty easily. Just one more thing on that race yesterday, and I, I touched on it with with Aussie, that Demar uh, and Eustace, their presence is building all of the time in Australia, and particularly when they've got the the, the likes of, of Aussie and, and Bray behind them, I, I can't see their their star dimming over the next you know next five to ten years. No, and he, he hit the nail on the head there, didn't he,
1: with regards to Kieran. You see him, and he seems like this laid-back knockabout bloke, but he's a very shrewd businessman. He's very, very good at what he does, and you know he's just, yeah, he can he can burn the candle at both ends, Kieran Ma. He plays hard, but he's there early the next morning. So um, it's been fascinating to watch his, his rise through the ranks, and I, I agree with you that that's, they're the dominant. I would like to make mention, David, just out of that race, Uh, Sneaky starters run Eat for seventh and uh, that gives uh, her the the large chunk of the women's bonus. So good result for Mick Mayer and and Tiff Brooker and all all connections of of that. that um, Also went to the post at 200 to one chance and they've come out of it uh, with $300,000
0: plus. It was the co-rank outsider and I I concur with your thoughts uh, um, wholeheartedly there. Uh, And just one other thing too on on Kieran and and Dave. Uh, I think Kieran has... Alluded to this in, in in reports today, there was a sense of relief as well. She's yeah. ex, she's expected to win because she's been the favourite, but she's been the favourite for a hell of a long time. And there's been and really, you know, they they talk about what horse holds percentage of the, the pool. I don't know what percentage Kool and Gata held of the, um, the the talking pool or the uh, the the written pool or the reporting pool on, on this race because she's just been in the focus for so long. So it must be a relief when the race is over particularly if you can win it.
1: Yeah, and as you say, that's the way you outlined it. And I think a similar line with, with James McDonald. And it was a good ride, wasn't it? Gee, it gets into a good spot from what could have been a sticky gate. And when you're only winning by a point two of a length, that, that makes the difference, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, the race uh, was was basically a two-horse affair from oh, about the 300 metres on with Gadda controlling it, uh, taking the lead, and then Russian Conquest coming out after it, trying hard, but... Failing by a long head, they ran one nine oh four on a track, and I must just bring this point up. That track was pretty firm yesterday.
1: Um, yeah, well, the times sort of tell you that, but um, oh, I think it raced very well. You, know, you can win from anywhere there yesterday.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not, not disputing that, and the, the, the records show that. I, I'm just saying that if you go through the stewards report, uh, there were several horses who uh, didn't stretch out on that going. It's, it's interesting because. I think we, well, I actually thought, we mentioned this in the preview, I thought the track would be, well, it was rated a good four in the morning, and I thought it would be a good four with that little bit of give in it, but it didn't turn out that way. A horse like Crone, for example, she didn't seem to appreciate it. Baller just turned it up, you know, so they were probably Mm -hmm. two of the more prominent horses that raced yesterday that didn't appreciate the firm's service. It is what it is. Let's go to the other big $2 million race, the Magic Millions Guineas, and uh, this was a huge field. Their are smart partners. They found King of Sparta into $4 and The Favourite. They head for home in the guinea, short of 400 left to run Dovetail Diva, bobbing in the lead A big odds from Indiscreetly and Stitz on fire Then Glorious Ruby Running on his starboard, here's King of Sparta Looking to unleash with a big run And Mimi Lagarde right down the outside King of Sparta reached the lead Got a break, Mimi Lagarde's running out of time King of Sparta in front Mimi Lagarde can't get there King of Sparta heavily backed at one Beat Mimi Lagarde, photo third Socialist or far too easy Not too far away was Shahon Conquer. Then came Glorious Ruby, Release the Beans, Dovetail Demon, Jamea just with them. Then came at the head of the others Starman, followed by Rhapsody Rose. Then Miss Star, Bend the Knee Indiscreetly, Snits on Fire, Construct Last Home in 120 and 75. Yeah, another outstanding gallop there, 120.75. And King of Sparta, putters were spot on, they nailed it. And he was clearly the best horse in the race. Peter Snowden, part of the father son combination is our guest this morning on Past the Post. Peter, good morning. Good
4: morning, David. Nathan, how are
0: you? Congratulations. Every time I was watching the TV yesterday, I saw you at Rose Hill up, uh, either winning or, or talking about horses. So did you have a bit of a day down there as well?
4: Yeah, we had one of the last couple two races. That was good. It was just in between the, the running of, of both the uh, the two-year-old and the three-year-old races. So it was a pretty busy moment, uh, settling up and trying to watch it at the same time. But um, uh, it was almost a perfect result.
0: Peter, we were talking about Curl and we'll talk about Russian conquest shortly, but we were saying that uh, when a horse like her wins, uh, who's been the favourite for a long time, a lot of pressure comes off whether you're the, the trainer, the jockey, the owners. And, and I would imagine, t- too, from the relief point of view, you fall into the same category with King of Sparta because he finally put it all together, and we saw how good he is yesterday. Yeah, look,
4: we've seen glimpses of, of really good... Like the day he went to the Saturday meeting run at Kembla, and he, he, there was a track record set with that, the race before him and I thought that's that's crazy time and he came out and broke at the next race, so on good ground. So if he gets conditioned to suit and the condition to suit him uh, a fast run races and, and good ground. Uh we get those two things lined up, uh, he he's, he's 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 a black type horse for sure. Uh he's very, very talented. He can rattle off sensational sectionals, but he's been his own worst enemy. He's just taken a long time for him to learn to settle. And uh, that was my only concern about 1,400 metres yesterday. But the run at Gosford convinced me that I didn't think it would be an issue because he settled so well there and got home well. And I thought if you did a similar thing there to, uh, yesterday, it's going to give him a good chance to run it right out.
1: You, you just noted about whether you worried about the way he settled. That was the first time yesterday that he'd got beyond 1,200 metres, but he clearly relished it. Does that open up more options for for him now going forward?
4: Oh, definitely um look all not goes crazy, I wouldn't go on a mile or anything like that. I think even <coughs> seven furlongs just opens up more avenues. If you run twelve and fourteen hundred metres, there's plenty of races and good races at that distance. So um yeah, like it's it's all about executing well and he he, he did it perfectly they Got it having it lined up. He just when the pace to drop mid race, just for a you know, hundred and fifty yards he's got a touch pen. But uh lucky he was three deep they had one in front of him to give us a cover and that horse did him a favour because it got him to settle again and he followed that horse up to the corner and got around its heels. And, uh, gee, it was just a good watch the last 300 metres. The, the acceleration he has is just, just beautiful to watch.
0: I think, too, Peter, that the second horse, Mimi Lagarde, is a very good filly and uh, uh, she had barrier 18, had to come from last. But she she got to a point there where she was ready to challenge, but King of Sparta answered the challenge. So I think two very good horses. Quinella, that race... Um, Interesting, when you when you have a summer campaign, and because he's only had the, the, the run there at DeGosford and, and then yesterday, just drilling down on what we were talking about before, what Nathan was saying, going to 1,400, is there a, a specific race or a race that you'd look at in the autumn more closely than others? Oh,
4: look, I'll, I'll just think about things a lot more. Like, uh, like, long-term, we could be talking about a straw break mm. for him uh, later on in the winter, so... Um, yeah, like there's, there's just I want to see what he did yesterday first, and uh, only second run in this prep. Like he's, just, he's got plenty of racing through uh, the rest of the season, um, and, and just what race do like I target now? I'm not sure. You'll come back and have a week off. I'll sit down and have a good think about where they go on long term and short term. Um, he is a talent horse. He's only relatively lightly raced. He's only had a handful of starts, so there's a lot more to come from him. And now these, as I keep saying that we're executing with him, that's important because he was. The early days, he used to rip terror and just just jump and charge, and he couldn't hold him. He'd over race and throw his head around, and find nothing at the end of his race. And so the fact he's getting and doing what he's doing now, that's the most pleasing for me. And it's not hard to find for horses when they're winning, that's for sure.
1: Peter, he's a $700,000 yearling in the ownership. You've got some pretty big name breeders there. Is it a difficult call when you ring them and say, look, I think this horse needs to be gelded?
4: Oh, it was pretty obvious we had no choice where we're going. we mm-hmm. hitting the head against a big wall. We're getting nowhere with him. He had a bit of an attitude as well. So when they're difficult to handle and difficult to ride, uh, that's two crosses for mine. and They're, they're not going not to live up to what they should be, so you've got no option but to make them horses, Especially they show talent. We always knew he had talent. It's just a matter of, of getting his head right and, and so he, he could deliver that talent.
0: Well, it should also be pointed out the stable won the Guineas last year with AIM, who was a, a ruffie of sorts, but yesterday King of Sparta ran the favourite. Now, what about Russian Conquest? You said you were at Rose Hill. Did you just edge a bit close to that TV set at about the 100 metres when she got to within about a half length of Kurland Oh, gee, that was cruel to watch. <laughs> uh,
4: she tried so hard. She, look, she had a good run, and, and there's no, there's no, um, uh, n- nothing wrong with the ride or anything like that, but it's just, there's, it looked critical. Point of the race at the 600 metre mark. We had him, she was on her outside, we went off the fence and, uh, and Maca said uh, James gave a couple of bumps and pushed him, pushed us back onto the fence and uh, just did where we didn't want to be and, and then that allowed him to sort of go where he wanted to go and uh, by the time the favourite, he got out around the leaders and, and uh, by the time we got out behind where we were the two in front of us didn't take us anywhere. She was following her uh, other stable mate in front, actually Miss Hellfire and when she hit a big wall just off the corner, she was in trouble and he had to get out from behind the heels and the horse on the outside of her. And by the time she did get out in a clear air, she had three links on her. And the fact that she ran her down to her head or something, thats oh, that hurts because, um, you know, if she'd have been on its back following her, uh, there's a good chance she would have picked her up. But anyway, that'll, that'll be for another day and uh, we'll look forward to the challenge next time we meet
1: she's made massive strides in her three starts. I oh, thought She made a big improvement from Newcastle to Randwick and then she's stepped up again yesterday. Do you, you consider her a, a genuine slipper prospect for the stable?
4: I, Nathan, I've always said all the, all the years I've been with them and all the years all the been lucky enough to have some really nice two-year-olds. The, the good ones just keep getting better every start they have and she's mm-hmm. definitely fits to that category. The winners always showed good ability from day one. I, to my eye, I'm not being one-eyed. I, I think she's just, she's leveled out of that. She's just, she's good, but she's just She's good, um, but this yep. filly's gone from, from okay to good to very good yesterday. Like each run's got better and better. I'm sure we haven't got to the end of it yet. So, uh, now there's a lot to look forward to this filly, and I definitely think she's the gold, a goldist contender for sure.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting uh, assessment there with with Cool and and Russian Conquest. She got the ball rolling well on the first, in the, the maiden with warmth and Devil's Throat. Yeah, it
4: was a good result, and uh, the second horse you'd have to say he's a bit unlucky. Um God, a lot of things went wrong with him but he ended up only beating a small margin. Uh Warmth had a had a lovely run. She's had all the all the flavours and um and just one probably it's fair to say eleven hundred meters, I think I'll go I'll not go past that anymore. I'll just keep that distance. But she certainly came with going through her classes really quickly. Um unfortunately what happened before the race wasn't ideal for anyone. I was just uh horrendous to to be round in the gates for that long in and out twice, and the uh, horse getting injured as well so it's not never a good start to the day but um lucky i think it all all end up not that well and um eventually got the job done, but it was yeah it was hardened the mouse for quite a while watching.
1: Oh, I love the concept of this Magic Millions maiden, and clearly a lot of the stables aim horses at it, which which you did yesterday. And, and so often we see horses come out of this to go on to better races. You think that the, the, either of your two can can go on to that sort of status?
4: I think they both can. They the best likely race. They've only had three or four starts, and uh, you're right. That race is getting a very tough race, the form is is everyone is big prize money, so everyone's spotting that. Uh, three or four months in advance, six months in advance. So actually, with the winner, we we said uh, only 10 months ago, it would be an ideal ratio we could be there on the day and <laughs> win. So uh, that's how far out everyone's thinking about it, so it's important. And uh, the form is good out because it's, you're keeping your best ones together. You're not taking a... Horses run, had 10 starts you know, for two placings there. Your horse only lightly raced or only just trialled or only had a couple of starts and been unluckily beaten. So it's just depth is there. If you win it, uh, normally that form is strong enough to say you can go on and win quite a few others.
0: Well, that's the racing side of things. A good day for the stable. What's been happening on the sales front? Have you been active in the past week?
4: That sale has been ridiculous. Uh, we went there last night with mining at two horses and thought we had some ammunition and um, behind us, but just... We never get out of the trenches um both have made a million dollars and uh uh good for the vendors um but gee that's just some of them were just way overs and the whole sale it's even early days we we did a, a lot of homework this year i had a uh by the name of will johnson he's our bloodstock manager now he's um he sees he went through every single horse and was very very thorough all his inspections we got them down to 150 to 100 to 80 to 60 to 50. Um, and uh, every horse he picked was, uh, was easy to pick the the, the the sale toppers on pedigrees. But he went middle range. One horse that had been previously bringing 250 to 450 to 500. Mm. Uh, that was the target we wanted, that, that, that area we wanted to target. And uh, those horses, were, some of them were doubled and tripled in price to what they were what were bringing last year. So it was a very, very strong sale. Uh, almost impossible to buy the mid-range horses, which were 200 last year, were 400 this year, and that's a, that's a fair jump. And and wasn't just a few, it was a lot of horses. And speaking to a lot of other trainers, were saying the same thing. They were buying horses for way over what they normally would buy, just just to get them uh, for clients that they wanted to dive into them. So it's a tough sale. But uh, good if you got one. But um, the win- there's certainly vendors with the big winners there. Will we see Does that,
1: that make it a daunting Sorry. prospect? Sort of looking at mealing sales for the rest of the year. Mm.
4: Yeah, it's everything sort of runs off that first sale and that for that first sale will be that be only mm. clearance rate 94 percent or something that's ridiculous uh, it shows you the, the the money pool that's out there um, well I say money pool a lot of those horses were bought on spec, I would say so there's a lot of <laughs> it's going to be sort after, after like six months Um but look it's a fantastic sale. It's it's getting stronger and stronger and the depth of horses are coming out of the stats reads very, very good for Magic horses. They're they're very strong, so uh, they're the most stakes winners there and I know you get all the propaganda before, but once you deal into it, there's it's absolutely correct. Um to start and get your horses a bit earlier and uh, they're that much ahead of the Easter the horses, they're three months ahead of them. So they've been in there in there in the stable sometimes three times. Um, before these horses leave the sale ring so that's a big advantage in educating young horses to get them that early and get
0: them going mm. I was speaking with Bruce McEvoney this morning Peter and we were just talking about yesterday's meeting and in isolation it's it's a great meeting, great atmosphere, great great racing but as Bruce said he said he's hoping that, that several of these players from yesterday go to Sydney and race well in the autumn because that also then reinforces the, the quality of this carnival doesn't it? Oh,
4: absolutely, especially the two feature races the two and three are races it's and it has done over the past few years. Early days, I think it struggled a little bit because it was such a um, closed sale uh, just for sale of horses only, magic being horses only. But I think that sale is so strong now. I think the quality of horses get so much better. And, uh, well, I'm sure the first two over the line and the... Magic means 2 year race will definitely be in the slipper and uh, I would reckon that in 3 year race, I, say, I reckon I think our horses will get to a group one level at some stage in the Sparta. So, no, yeah, you're right, the, depth, the strength of that, that, uh, that sale now, that race meeting, it's getting better and better each year and no more so than what's coming out and reflecting in, the, in how many people are getting into buying horses. So, It tells you how strong they think of the, of the sale.
0: Always good to talk to you, Peter. So to you and Paul, congratulations on yesterday. Job well done. We look forward to uh, hopefully seeing you up here in the wintertime.
4: Much appreciated, David. Thanks, Nathan.
0: There he is, Peter Snowden, the uh, part of the father-son combination of Peter and Paul Snowden, and a lot of sensible comments there, and he makes a good comment, uh, Nathan. I know uh, some friends of mine who who I describe, in terms of the Magic Million Sale, as modest buyers, but they went there Mm -hmm. full of purpose, and their range is that 150-200, but uh, I kept looking at the results and not seeing the name, and they said we were out of the ballpark because the 150 and 200s were, you know, 300 to 400. It was just too tough for them. And, so, and Peter, of course, is, you know, at a, a, an elevated range from, from that group, but he, he expressed the same sentiment.
1: I'm just reading the release from Magic Minions last night, David, the, the, the Colt that topped the sale last night at $1.2 million um, for Fenrig. Uh, they bought the man for just $220,000 at the, the national sale in 2019. So that's a nice quick turnaround, isn't it, on the $220,000 investment you add in the service fee? And uh, by gee, it's a good result. Um, it just underlines how much confidence there is in Australian bloodstock and Australian racing at the moment.
0: Exactly. We'll put a call into Barry Bowditch a bit later. On Pass the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. Past the Post, of course, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, archerparkracing.com.au. Go to their website, you'll see all the information there and what's available to buy and be part of the team. Not only enjoy race days, but plenty else as well off the track. Well, we've talked about the two big races, and Cool uh, and Ganner and King of Sparta were terrific wins, but they weren't for Queensland. This next one, this next one is, though, let's listen to the Magic Million snippets. And away game for the Ma Eustace combination and Isotope for Tony Gollan had a terrific battle as far as betting was concerned. The snippets comes around the turn. 400 left to run, and here's the duel now. Away game the inside, and on the outside, Isotope. Constant flight still there. Baller driving to the rail. Away game is under pressure. Isotope is launching on the outside and might be going better. Soon afterwards, Maloney hit the go button with Isotope. There was a real good kick there. She's got away games measure. She's got everyone's measure. That was fantastic. Isotope, brilliant first up. Beat home Tycoon in away game in Superium. Then came for Toos, followed by Blondo Scalapini Constant Flight. Then Roher well back was Dream Reacher. Totally charmed Chicago Cub and Baller didn't perform today in eight point one two. It was a race record, one eight one two, and uh, certainly an, an outstanding performance by Isotope Nathan to, to win that race first up yesterday as well.
1: Yeah, I was trying to go on a message last night just congratulating him on the training performance. He deflected that quickly. said nothing to do with him. Uh, she's just a very good horse. Uh, I don't necessarily believe him when he says that, but uh, that was just an outstanding performance, David. Um, you know, she's uh, We know she's group one class, but you and I sort of on the wrong side of it yesterday thinking that she faced a task given what she'd been through since we last saw her and um, she, gave, she toyed with them, really.
0: I think sometimes you've got to put things in perspective. Now, away game was terrific in that first up run at Caulfield. And I thought there was a chance she might have to lead yesterday or that they would lead, the plan maybe to lead. She probably hasn't gone badly. The fact that his isotope has just gone so well, has just, you know, raced out of her skin, which it doesn't come as a surprise to anyone. Uh, we, we're trying to catch Ryan Maloney this morning, but he's just out of service at the moment. But... What a difference a year makes, makes when you think of last year in the Guineas, uh, that incident around the turn, but yesterday, no bad luck at all.
1: You get sick of talking about his, his last two Magic women's days. Of course, he was stripped of that win on Alligator Blood, which um, probably had the money spent there in the family. So you lose that one last year, chance for redemption falls off. So that no doubt meant a huge amount to him yesterday, being able to just give her a, a trouble-free path. And you know. It was, uh, potentially sticky draw she had, but he took care of that. And um, Next box to tick, uh, David, is, is a Group 1, which you know looks well within her scope. It's just a matter of which way Tony Gollan tries to go. I'm thinking that the Galaxy in Sydney would be one race that he'd pick out as a, a real good potential target for her.
0: Yeah, and, and he's uh, certainly indicated his short-term plans are concentrating on the order. But you'd have to say, and I don't know if this has been written too much, I haven't read all the copy from yesterday... But she does appeal. I know we're only talking January, but you've got to start thinking. She does appeal as an ideal Everest type, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, well, gee, that's that's sometime into the future. I mean, he's trying to up front that he's not keen to take this girl to Eagle Farms. That tends to rule out Stradbrokes and the like. But if she were to be considered for an Everest, David, she'd have to be super competitive in a race like uh, the Doomben 10,000, if not win that race. So... Um, you know, maybe that's where we see her. Her ultimately, um, but gee, look, she's certainly lost none of ability in that time that she's had off.
0: I, I just, I think it's, it's it's legitimate conversation with Isotope and the Everest because I'm not getting carried away. But each year you've got to look at the new breed coming through because some of those old stages start to to either retire or or could lose their form. So you're always looking for the up and comers and. Oh, gee, I think she certainly fits that category. But a race like the Doom in 10,000, that's appealing as well. So he's got uh, a great year in front of him, Tony Gollard, in terms of isotope and everything going right yesterday. And, of course, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact, apart from what happened to her under race conditions in the in the Guineas last year. Of course, she, she nearly died during the year. Yeah, that's right. And sort of that's why, why I was
1: questioning, you know, yesterday. But, again... The market told you we were sort of supposing in the morning what price away game might start. Well, she didn't even start favourite. Um, the punters picked out that say was the best, better of the two, best source of the two, and they backed the stable to have her right on the day. And why not? They're they, they getting things right more than wrong a lot of the time now. So um, look forward to see where she goes, but you know, terrifically satisfying result on many number of fronts in that race. Certainly was. I mentioned Before our... we leave that, David uh, totally charmed bled for the second time in that race. So mm. that's unfortunately the end of him. He, he was going terrifically well, that horse. But um, that's unfortunate news for connections with regards to totally charmed.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly is. And uh, as we also outlined, it uh, did appear in the Shields report. Baller didn't stretch out on the service, And, and Heron was uh, out of character, failing to beat a runner home. That was the wash-up to the Magic Millions snippets. I mentioned in our preview yesterday, some of these horses we know as... Gold Coast Holiday Makers because they're here for every Magic Millions carnival and they keep getting the results. The next one falls right into that category, and this provided the best finish of the day. Let's have a listen to the Magic Millions Cup, and four horses go over the line almost together. And Jimmy Byrne just idling along with Apache Chase, going up to Frosty Rocks to give it the eye. Holyfield going to the rail. Then Axe, Sir Rocket, Animate. Right down the outside, Bo Rosser. Where are these others? They're too far back. Holyfield getting an inside run, snatching the lead from Frosty Rocks. Then Apache Chase, 11-11 is bursting home lane. Holyfield in front, 11-11 flying photo finish. Where to go? Holyfield, Frosty Rocks, Apache Chase. And on the outside, 11-11. Let's go from right to left and leave it to the judge. Then Sir Rocket, followed by Animate. Then came at the head of the others, Ballistic Boy, Sambro. Axe, Nudge, Hard Empire, Bo Rossa. Then Poetic Charmer, Kevin Tari, never in it. Then Oscar Zulu, Profit out towards the tail with Edison and Aim. And who'll get it? Oh, 11-11. Yes, well it was <laughs> 11 11. I've got to say from a <laughs> from a race calling point of view if you if you'd put a gun at my head when they hit mm. the line I w- I would have gone holy field. I thought either holy field or 11 11 but the problem was because you couldn't quite see the horses in between I wasn't mm. quite sure how far up or not far they were but in the end I think it was like a nose by short I've by a nose but 11-11, got it. It's a happy hunting ground for 11-11, but it's also a happy hunting ground for Greg Hickman, the, the Magic Millions Carnival. He's our next guest this morning. Greg, good morning and congratulations. No, thank you very much. Now, did you think you'd won?
3: No, I didn't. I didn't want to go to the early crow. I didn't want to jump up and down and, and get beaten, so I played it pretty quiet. and um, I saw it's probably not the greatest from where we were standing. It was very close, as you know.
1: Greg, you obviously target this race year after year now, and and why not, given that um, he loves it here so much. He was terrific winning at Kembla two starts back. Did you lose confidence after the Randwick run, or you thought there was was genuine excuses for what happened there?
3: Yeah, I I actually did, to be honest, and I couldn't work out why. As I said this on the other day, um, Travis also ran bad on the day, and I thought they both could win, and I got left a little bit lost. And then Travis come out and won on Wednesday. So, uh, an 11-11 trialled super in between. And uh, last Saturday, he ran home in 22.5 in his gallop. And, uh,
0: yeah, that just built the momentum to be a little bit confident. I mentioned that the the Magic Millions is a happy hunting ground for the Greg Hickman stable. We're we're, we're talking about 11-11, but let's not forget Pierre a private secretary as well. Uh, Have you been active at the sales during the week? Oh, we haven't gone silly. I bought a nice little of filly
3: and uh, another nice colt. Um, So, uh, yeah, no, they're pretty expensive. We can't go too silly. No. (laughs) 11-11,
1: he's one close enough to $3 now, and 90% of that's probably a big chunk of it, certainly, here on, on the Gold Coast. Will we see him back here again in 12 months, Greg?
3: Well, he's a gelding, I hope so. I mean, we'll do the same again. He'll keep coming back while he... Well, he's happy and well, and uh, it's, gr- it's a great concept. And, um, yeah, I mean, we all get up here to have a couple of days off and uh, gather the sails, and, and hopefully we can win a race each year.
0: Greg, I remember this horse going right back to the get-go, and uh, a mate of mine, one of his mates, is in the ownership of 11.11. And my mate kept saying me, this horse is a good horse. He took a little while to begin with it. His career to really hit his straps, didn't he? Yeah, no, he passed Roxy he, he got a very strong attitude and he was
3: always, when he was in the races, he was always going too hard uh, in his races and uh, he was probably coming out of the barriers like he should have been finishing his races off and once he learned to do all that, uh, that sort of turning him around.
1: Nice to have Hugh Bowman in the saddle yesterday. Had he ridden him early doors in his career or was that his first go yesterday?
0: No, that was Huey's first go yesterday. Well, he's got a he's got a good record 11-11. When you consider he's a five year old, he's relatively lightly raced, twenty six starts or twenty seven starts. And that was win nine yesterday, but he he wins when it counts. Great result for the stable and, and thanks for being with us this morning. Good luck in the future. No, thank you very much for having me. Greg Hickman joining us this morning and as we said with Pierre Rutter and private secretary. Magic Millions Carnival has been kind to him over the years. It it was it was a great finish. Um Holyfield took that inside run, just missed out. Apache Chase, well, Apache Chase is Apache Chase, always puts in brave as ever. And and Frosty Rocks can be a bit hard to catch, but when he's on song and in the groove, he can run well, and he did yesterday.
1: Yeah, he certainly fought on very well. I'd say the the barrier, would you say the barrier beat Apache Chase, David, or just maybe the 59 anchored him against some of those others?
0: I'd say... No, the barrier didn't beat him because he actually jumped first and he was over pretty comfortably. I thought there might be a bit of nuisance speed there that might make him work. I think he got there, but I I, I take into account what you say, 59 kilos, and they're running 120.5. Yeah. That that, that tells you that was a, a firm track yesterday. The track record has stood for a long time. One of Gerald Ryan's old horse's PlayStation, 120.33. So they're just outside track record. What's he been beating a nose and a short half head? So uh, he's, uh, he, he's done uh, his connection and Desley forced to proud. Kevin Tari, uh, he didn't stretch out either. Uh, he beat two to the line there just uh, a long way back. I think what we might do now, if my good friend the coordinator can assist me, we'll take a break because there's plenty more I want to talk about, we want to talk about on Pass the Post. A few more replays to come, and we'll put that call into Barry Boundage towards the end of the program. Stay with us. Thanks for your company. This is past Pass the Post. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Thanks for your company on Pass the Post this morning. Pass the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. They won't mind me saying they've got a horse in the day. The Archer Park colours at the Sunshine Coast in race two. Tab number six, spiritualised. First starter, Tony Gollan trains, Ben Thompson rides. Trial, well, $2.15, no fancy odds. They tell me it'll win. Race two, number six, spiritualised. Archer Park. Now, let's continue our look back at uh, the Magic Minions Day yesterday. We'll go to the last race. This is the, the cutest race, million dollars in prize money. Miami Fleiss, the $2.70 favourite, but again, didn't help her cause with an ordinary getaway. Up to the turn. 400 left to run. Boom over straightened in front from Ashanti Frost from the Odyssey. Colpo D Tamburo. Wisdom of Water. Dr. up being called upon. Then stuttering. Now. now Miami Fleiss is coming down the outside of chapter and verse. He's coming with a big run as well. The leader was still boom over from the Odyssey. Wisdom of Water. Chapter and verse of Miami Fleiss. Still boom over in front. Not for long, brother. There's Wisdom of Water. Shot to the lead and one. Beat home, boom Nova. Chapter and verse third, fourth. Oh, the safe work on Miami Fleiss. They're followed then by Stylish Saga F Troop, then Dr. Why Not the Odyssey, Colpo di Bureau, Boomtown last of that bunch, then She's a Boss, Machadi Fraudster, stuttering and Beltaria whipped them in in 1.15.22. And it was all over for another year with uh, Wisdom of Water winning the last race for Annabelle Nisham and Rachel King. Boom Nova. Didn't improve on the previous Saturday. Nearly got the chocolates here and Chapter and Verse ran terrifically in third... Miami flies to the alley, and the the start were right against it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Boom never, obviously, just a duffer on wet ground last week. Just didn't let go. It's easy in hindsight, but he'd been running in group enlisted races all the time since he won that that Ken Russell back in May of 2020. Um and I say it so often, David, what a win can do for a horse's confidence. He finally broke that run of outs last time and lo and behold he goes right on with it yesterday and uh he was the best horse and I don't think there's any excuses for the others. I, I do feel that for for Desley Force or chapter and verse when he loomed I thought well, he's gonna win this and so he's gonna get something out of the day but he's done them all proud and um you know, won it a couple of years back and third third yesterday.
0: Exactly right, let's go to the Phillies and mares. Cool uh, and gutter wasn't the only success for Mara and Eustace. They provide the winner here and she was an authoritative winner snap dancer. Coming up to the turn, 500 left Rana, and Vulpine led narrowly but breathing right down its neck is Snapdancer Brookspire third waiting on Arana Incredulous Dream wide so as she can sing, Chrome was next then Georgie's pride and Kiku's diving to the rail, Snapdancer coming after Vulpine, who had a bit of a kick to Ruffy Vulpine on the inside, Snapdancer the outside Brookspire's under full pressure then came Incredulous Dream and she can sing but now Snapdancer asserts her superiority, she's too good for them look at Snapdancer, roar away have been Vulpine, Kiku and Brookspire, then Salatine from last, followed by Crone, Van Giz, Georgie's Pride, Incredulous Dream, She Can Sing, Lady of Luxury, Beach Break and Standoff Last Home in another fast gallop, one four. This was a race record and snap dancer. I mentioned yesterday when we were discussing the meeting on select racing, to me she hadn't delivered that killer punch, but I, but she did yesterday.
1: Yeah, she did the right through the timing. She had a better run pattern, I suppose, than the, the two betting rivals in, in um, Kiku and, and Brooke Spy. She was in the right spot. She had a nice turn of foot, and she was um, just too good for them. So you know, another race where no real excuses, I think, for the others, and gives James McDonald another two winners at this particular day. It just seems par of the course. He turns up and rides a double on this day.
0: Yeah, exactly right. The long-distance race was the Sub-Zero, And Parry Sound was the favourite, but a shaky favourite. Still ran the favourite, but they bet right around him in the last 10 minutes or so, and here's the replay. Navy Cross still in front from Fun Fact. Parry Sound's under pressure. Rebel Rama's making its run with Parry Sound. They're now gaining on Navy Cross. Rebel Rama on the outside, swishing the tail. Parry Sound the centre. Navy Cross still with a slender lead. 50 metres left to run. Navy Cross, can he out-tough them? He'll do it, Navy Cross. Navy Cross all the way. Beat home out Landos, who arrive for second. Photo finished third. Parry Sound or Rebel Rama. And Fun Fact not far away. Then came Etheridge, followed by Conference Wapati, Secudo, Secular Sepulchre and Commander Bell. Last home in 2.26.69. Okay, Waterhouse and Adrian. They've been good buyers at the sale during the week, uh, buying frequently, and they provided a winner on race day with Navy Cross, a horse I find hard to catch, Nathan.
1: (sighs) You're not the only one. uh, We often rubbish the middle distance form here in Brisbane of a Saturday, David, but that's basically where Navy Cross has been. Um, you know, the past six months, uh, racing sort of he, he won that race at the Gold Coast, at benchmark eighty race four starts back, um, hasn't performed at Eagle Farm and was trounced on a heavy track at Doom and Price, So it was hard to find, but um, good luck to them. They've picked up a very big prize there, and in a race that's always going to be, you know, it's, it's never going to be an overly strong race. That one, and if you've got one that can stick a bit, then um, give yourself a chance.
0: And you would be a bit extra dirty because you would have been on Outlandis. Yeah, one of many
1: seconds I backed yesterday, David. So, uh, yeah, it was it set the pattern nice and early when uh, when that, the other snowed one couldn't arrive in time in the first uh, devil's throat. But uh, nonetheless, you, we, we, we
0: trudge on. Exactly right. Well, as we say, this is the day where the, the best trainers, the best jockeys, the best horses are there, and normally the best um, do take some of the spoils. Chris Waller wasn't left out. He provides the winner in race 2 Let's have a listen to big boy Roy in action. In the straight, though, and Big Boy Roy has got a handy break. He's scooted away. Out by three or four to Love Tap. Then Wheelhouse reloaded and Salpita. For the moment, they're making no impression on Big Boy Roy. Look at Roy go. Big Boy Roy. He's going to romp home. Wheelhouse up to second, but Big Boy Roy thrashed him. Been Wheelhouse, Love, Tap and Reloaded. Then Peter always on show. Willow, Tito, Zennifer, Green Jacket, Beck and Lenny in a whizzing gallop. Wow, 147.23. Yeah, not far outside of the uh, Tito's race record and, uh, of course, not far outside of this manhood's track record, but fast times were the order of the day. Uh, I don't know a lot about that. He actually started his career in Queensland, yeah. uh, big boy Roy. Uh, I don't know a lot about him recently, but um, wins don't seem out of turn. Now, he struggled to win some average races here when he started out here early on, but um, he was super
1: consistent. He had form around Wheelhouse there yesterday. Obviously, races in the colours of Noel Greenhalgh. He was obviously very happy to win another Magic Millions race there yesterday. And for the second week in a row, the, the 1,800 metre race there won by the, the second pick of the, of the Wallace stable.
0: Yes, and uh, Wheelhouse uh, having every chance. Heavily back yesterday, but big boy Roo was basically... In another postcode. Let's wrap up our look back at the big day yesterday and we'll go to the first race when it finally jumped away. Devil's Trade was the $3.50. Equal favourite with warmth. The maiden field scoots for home. 3.50 left to run illusionist with a bit of a break from Compassionate. You're all at now. Warmth getting to the outside, running on Devil's Throat, running on fairly. Jackson on time and Ambitious Spirit both coming home well as well. Warmth got to the lead, a narrow lead. Ambitious Spirit out wide and Devil's Throat is screaming home. Warmth's just in front, trying to hang on and did. Beat home. Devil's Throat. Ambitious Spirit third, Compassionate fourth. Then Karate, sing a love song, followed by Jackson on time. Then Island Magic, you're all that. Well back was Illusions, who knocked up after leading. Then came immediate response, Miss Seattle, Country Showgirl, and air apparent last throughout in one nine sixty six. Well, we discussed this race with Peter Snowden, warmth and devil straight Cornell in the race, ambitious spirit third, but it was a real uh, cluster, you know what, before the race, horses being <laughs> being uh well, the isn't it? yeah uh, horses being vet checked and scratched and whatever, but we finally got away. This has happened before in this race too.
1: Yeah, it, was, it took forever, didn't it? But um, in the end, the, the pun sorted it out. It, it was what $6 plus in the morning, devil's yeah. throat, so it was a, a really strong betting move. But Barry has told the day, and you know, this will be a race we just watch the next few weeks, those ones that have finished not far behind them. Uh, they'll they'll just knock up winning races now. There'll be one winner after another come out of this race. Um, I think the runner-up goes particularly good, but Ambitious Spirit's obviously a nice horse for the Golan stable and would just continue to improve. And Jackson on time to race better there yesterday, David, so maybe they've got him back.
0: It was an outstanding day of racing. I think we've covered it as well as we can. But before we go here on past the Post, this man always has a smile on his face. Oh, I think there's a bigger smile today as he joins us. Barry Bowditch, good morning. Morning, Nathan. Morning, David. Well, uh, you would have a smile on your face because uh, we've had a great race day yesterday, but the sale, uh, has it exceeded your expectations this week?
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's been extraordinary. It's been... I I was quoted saying last night, it's a sale of a lifetime for us. It's um, something we've never expected to achieve. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a tricky one to navigate leading in, obviously. It's been a, been a long six months preparing, but you know, the result made made all the efforts worthwhile. Barry,
1: it's easy to we make comparison with what happened twelve months ago an easy one the average has gone from two hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred and ninety plus thousand. But if you wind up like about five years, five or six years, from the numbers that were being done then to now, it's it's quite extraordinary to think that the bloodstock prices could have increased so much in that particular period of time.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um and you know you can't really put your finger on exactly why I know we're sort of we're doing really well as a company, selling better horses, getting better horses to sell, and the market's getting right behind the Magic Means brand. But, you know, I think it's just pent-up demand to go with it, you know, whether it be cars, boats, homes, mm. horses. Um, the economy's strong. There's a lot of
0: money out there. And, and, you know, fortunately for all of us, there's a lot of people that want to be involved in that sport. You were saying, that, or we're saying, that it's exceeded all of your expectations. When something happens like this, you have to ask yourself why. Can you pinpoint any reason? But,
5: uh, as I said, I think it's a 10 up demand. Um, the sport's popular. Racing in Australia's never been in a better place. Um, and, obviously, I think, you know, the Magic News brand and what we're doing from a race series perspective and what we're doing from an event perspective, people want to be on the Gold Coast every mm. January. They they want to be here. And once they're here, they you know, they get caught up in it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great week. And, uh, obviously, the borders being open and, uh, you know, the first... You know, genuine racing event in a long time up here in Queensland. It's it it's it's got people very excited and obviously, you know, they've they come here enjoying themselves but wanting to buy horses. I don't know I can't put my finger on it to be honest,
1: uh, Barry, we spoke to Peter Snowden earlier in the program. He was saying your horses were making, in his mind, two hundred thousand last year. or sort of around the four hundred thousand mark this time around. Those middle middle of the road type horses, the the, the good types. And so do you do you get uh, uh, buyers coming to you as the sale progresses? say so Oh, you better just up that credit limit a little bit. We, we we've come up short at the moment.
5: Yeah, we do. Honestly, yeah, we do. And, and it, it's just that snowball effect. because you can begin a sell solidly, and you've got plenty of people in the room, and plenty of people wanting to buy horses, it just it keeps it just continues to build on itself. And you know, the longer it goes, people you know they get a little bit frustrated. They haven't bought what they want, and they they keep extending their budget. And five days later, they're probably bidding you know fifty percent more than what they were bidding on the first day. It's, um, it's, it's an outstanding model, and you know to have the depth when you think about it to be able to. Now, I remember when book one there ten years ago was six hundred odd horses to be able to sell, you know, nine hundred and thirty of them and sell ninety three percent of them and average almost three hundred thousand. It's 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 extraordinary. And I've been getting texts and messages and emails from all over the world, different sales companies and agents saying they've never seen anything like it. So, um, you know, thrilled to be a part of it and it's a huge team effort from us here at Magic Millions and it's great to be able to facilitate, you know, the vendors' support in, in the way we have to have this week.
0: Uh, Barry, before you go, and uh, congratulations on everything Magic Millions has done, I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow on Press Room, but I want to bring the point up now because you're one of the key players. I think one of the other reasons why Magic Millions is always so successful is that everyone wants it to succeed and the cooperation factor is so high. I'm talking from the top, from the government to Magic Millions to Racing Queensland to the Gold Coast Club. Everyone's on the same page, excuse the pun, but in that sense, the public embrace it. They say everyone wants this to work. We'll be part of it. We'll come and support it.
5: Yeah, we're lucky to have some outstanding partners, as you've mentioned, that you can collaborate with, and and, whether it be Katie, Jerry, myself, or any of those organisations you just mentioned, our 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 thought process is this is nowhere near where we want this to end up. We're going to make this a lot bigger and better than it is now, and. You know, the the brand itself and what we're doing here in the summer, it's a juggernaut, and mm. it's not going to slow down anytime soon. We're, we've got bigger, bigger plans for this. So um, it's exciting to be a part of it, and, you know, there's never been
0: a better time to be in the game here in Queensland. Thanks for your time this morning, and, again, a job well done. Yeah, thank you, guys. Very bad as is of course, selling still there at the Magic Millions today from 2 o'clock and tomorrow from 10 o'clock, and the prices will be maybe a little more affordable. Well, Nathan, the party's over. Yeah, that's it. And the
1: whole summer, well, we'll go to the Sunshine Coast in, in, in two weeks, which is always a, a great day. But, um, yeah, the, the big build-up, and it's all come and gone.
0: Well, Past the Post is going to have a couple of weeks off, uh, the next two Sundays, and we'll resume on the first Sunday in February. I appreciate your company and your input over the past couple of months as part of the Summer Carnival. I'm going to rest you up. I don't want to overtax my, my panellists. I'll get you back <laughs> late autumn, early winter. See, that's lucky, lucky you're a Trojan horse of a uh, worker, isn't it? Never stop. But mate, it also <laughs> seriousness, serious. Thanks for your uh, thanks for your input over the past couple of months, and we've had a good time, and we've spoken to a lot of a lot of the major players, and uh, hopefully we've been able to um, pass on what has been an outstanding summer carnival, kicking off with the BRC leading into the Gold Coast contribution. But by any stretch of the imagination, yesterday was was uh, one of the best. But thanks for your time. Yep.
1: I've enjoyed it and I look forward to joining you again in the middle of the year as we start to talk about the,
0: the Queensland Carnival uh, through May and June. Won't be too far away. There is Nathan Exelby joining us and he will be back with us on Past the Post in the late autumn and early winter. Thanks for your company, not only this morning, but over the, the past few months for the Summer Carnival. As we said, we'll take the next two Sundays off and Ben Dorries is back in the chair with me from the first Sunday in February. Until then, good luck, goodbye.